0: This episode of The Mother Loving Future Show is brought to you by Amber Lestrange and Jenna Penrose with JMO 5000 Productions. Welcome to The Mother Loving Future Show. This is Jenna, no Amber today, as she is emerged in the pristine waters of Bondi Beach, and she will be back soon. Today, I am here with my friend Corinne, um, also known as Nomadic Mom, as some of you may follow her on Instagram, and if you don't, you should. Um, today we are discussing thoroughly thriving as a single mama <laughs> for show notes, more on this topic, or to sign up for more good stuff from us. Check out our website, themotherlovingfuture.com. Hi, Corinne. Hi, I have cute Corinne in the studio here smiling back at me. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So we're going to get into it with you in just a second, but since, um, Amber's not here. I'm going to tell you the definition of today's topic um, before we get started. So, the definition of thoroughly thriving as a single mama when the odds are against you with a child and no partner, but you still make it work beautifully while following your own passion, whilst being a full time mom.
1: Is that your definition? That's my or own that? definition. Okay. okay. I like yeah. It.
0: So. Um, you know, you embody this definition, at least in my eyes, and that's why we invited you here to talk about it. Um, So Corinne, tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah. So I'm 34. I'm a single mom. I have one son. His name is Atlas and he's four and a half years old. And we are—we've been traveling around for a while, and we're getting ready to settle down in Austin.
0: Yep. So she basically travels around doing one thing to another, and she has Atlas with her the whole time. She—you could follow her journeys as nomadic mom. Um, so I met Corinne when we were both pregnant, and you know how they have the pregnancy courses that you take when you're like seven months pregnant. <laughs> And Corinne was in that course with me. We had our our first babies like within weeks of each other. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I met her. I met her partner at the time, which is Atlas's dad, Pavo. Very interesting character. We're going to get into. Um, not bad, just interesting. Yeah, and um, so that's when my my journey with Corinne started, and she she really you could tell that she was just really spunky, like right from the start. I remember, <laughs> um, really stood out in class. So, um, tell me about your expectations for motherhood when you were pregnant.
1: Yeah, you know, Atlas wasn't planned, and so it, pretty much my thoughts were, my life is over as I knew it.
0: So wh- what was your situation before you got pregnant? Like,
1: you I know, just, what were you doing? You know, I was just partying in Detroit. I was working and hanging out with friends and mm-hmm. I didn't have a whole lot of responsibility and rent was cheap and yeah, I was just living life. Mm-hmm. And
0: like, did you have any ideas of parenthood for like when you were little? Like, did you want to be a parent?
1: I was indifferent.
0: You were completely indifferent.
1: Yeah. I was like, maybe I'll have kids. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll get married. Maybe I won't. But you really
0: didn't care. You didn't have any like, like I really wanted kids from the time I was little and I was like, make me a mother, please. Okay. But that was not your situation. No. Okay. No. Okay. So you were a little bit blindsided. So what was your like relationship with Atlas's dad at the time of, of you getting pregnant?
1: We didn't know each other very well. Okay. That's okay. It, It happened, um, very soon after very you early. met, there, Ere- yeah. very early in your relationship, exactly. Yes,
0: and did that obviously probably put stress on the relationship, or did you it did it bring you closer, or like how did that work out?
1: It definitely put stress on the relationship because when I was six months pregnant, I well, first of all, we weren't living in the same city. So
0: you were in Detroit.
1: So I'm in Detroit. He just moved to New York City. Okay, and so we were in the beginning of a relationship. Uh, a long distance relationship. And then I was pregnant. And so I was emotional wreck. <laughs> I already am like need lots of like um, emotional support from uh-huh. my partner and then throw in like the pregnancy hormones. Yeah. And so I was miserable. So at six, when I was six months pregnant, we decided both to move out to LA. I think he moved out to LA a little bit before I did. And so when I got out to LA, I wasn't working. And so he was now taking care of two people financially Um, and so he pretty much was just working my Mm -hmm. whole pregnancy. I didn't really, didn't see him much.
0: Mm -hmm. And so you, you feel like your emotional state was probably not that good during your pregnancy because of just all of that.
1: Yeah. Lots of different things. And
0: like just pregnancy hormones. Yeah, exactly. Would never have known from looking at you at the time. Mm. Um, okay. So, all right. And so you, and did you have an idea of how it was all going to play out and how you would approach motherhood at that point? Or you were just kind of like take it as it comes?
1: Kind of take it as it comes. Uh, I think like the maybe more obvious expectation that is probably just a a natural, it was naturally there was assuming that the the partner would take on half the responsibility, Mm -hmm. whatever that meant, you know, if he, if he was working and I was a stay at home mom, or if we shared responsibilities, like they were even. Mm -hmm. And that's what you
0: thought how it would play out. Right. And did you see that you would stay with, um, Atlas's dad for like a while at that point?
1: Yeah. So when I was pregnant and then after I had Atlas, I just thought that he was, I was going to be with him for the rest of my life. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think. And I'm trying to think back. Yeah. I don't remember having other thoughts until I had other thoughts, <laughs> which wasn't...
0: And then how did it turn from, and how soon did it go from you thinking that you are going to be with him for the rest of your life to the wah, wah, yeah. wah.
1: You know, it, I I can't give you an exact timeline, but I, we did separate after Atlas was only eight or nine months old, I think. And so, but I know I wasn't happy for a while. I think there, like the expectations I had of him weren't being met, which may have been unrealistic. And so I just kind of saw him in a different way and yeah, I just.
0: Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, let's get into Pavo a little because I, I knew that's his name yeah. and I, I knew him as well. And, you know, he's a very interesting guy. Um, I, I, when I met him, I, I observed that he was either like a really extreme star seed or somewhere on the autistic spectrum because he doesn't like. Hold your gaze, for example, like when you talk to him, he really doesn't really like want to look in your eyes. Right. For example, um, things like that. So, I mean, just having family members on both sides of my family with Asperger tendencies, um, I know that it could be hard to be in an emotionally satisfying relationship with somebody that is incapable of that level of of emotional contact. Right. So, did that start to play out?
1: It did. So, what's interesting is in the beginning of our relationship, it was almost like all those autistic spectrum behaviors or uh, the way his brain sort of works. It was like they weren't present. Mm. But I think, well, that I'm the first person that he ever fell in love with. Wow! And so that's actually
0: saying a lot.
1: Well. That
0: goes to show, like, how vibrantly amazing <laughs> that your spirit is—that you can penetrate the shield of, of an autistic person. <laughs>
1: That's hilarious. Yeah. So, um, but then slowly, not slowly, rather quickly, I the the sort of like emotional disconnect mm-hmm. kicked in. And he told me that he, he was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I have Asperger's. I've not been diagnosed. And this was shortly after we got together. And so I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. And then I looked it up and it still, it wasn't really until I experienced it that I really understand it and and he you know people with asperger's which i don't think they even call it that anymore i think okay, it's just autistic called spectrum autistic spectrum disorder um but for people that are familiar with what asperger's is because autism can be many different things mm-hmm. so people spectrum. on the other end of the spectrum can be overly like Emotional and mm, loving, and yeah, and so so they're the the opposite ends of the spectrum are complete opposite. But the end that he's on would be more like having a hard time feeling empathy for others or emotionally connecting to anyone. Like being in love is mm-hmm. a very rare thing for them.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, you as a, as a passionate and emotional person, you obviously want to connect with your partner in that way. Right. And also you want that for your kid. I mean, to have a dad that's able to emotionally connect and, um, you know, just out of complete respect and compassion for Pavo, um, i want to ask you like, how was his relationship with his dad growing up?
1: It's not, it wasn't existent. Okay. I don't know all of the details, but I know that, uh, for the most part, his father wasn't around. And, and currently today, their relationship is they may talk once a year or something. So his father has another family Ooh. that I think he formed after Pavo. Pavo has a sister. They have the same father. And yeah, I, I don't know all the details, mm-hmm. but I know that he wasn't really around much because even, you know, Pavo had said, um, you know, I'm not going to do what my father did.
0: Mm. Well, you see, and this brings us to the point of we unconsciously fall into the patterns that we experience as a child. You know, unless right. you are actively intentionally trying to actively change them, we are going to fall into those cat, those same patterns. I think even if we common. don't want to.
1: Yeah. I think falling into those patterns is more common than breaking the cycle. Oh, totally.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, and breaking the cycle takes a lot of effort. Um, and, And also just that Pavo probably didn't have, you know, the model of how to be a good father um, in his life. So it's probably really hard, especially when he unexpectedly became a dad, to be able to emotionally function in that role.
1: Yeah, I mean, even if, let's say, you know, uh, well... Two examples would be, you know, Pavel could have had his father not present, but then maybe he didn't have, you know, maybe he wasn't on the autistic spectrum and that cycle would be easy to break. But the fa- the odds were not in his mm-hmm. favor because he, mm-hmm. you know, had that as a child, but then also having difficulty emotionally connecting with others is almost like, yeah, it's like, like re- double
0: reinforced. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like nature and nurture kind of both kind of led him to the same place. And you know, like as someone who believes in star seeds, and I know that Pavo himself has said that he does feel like an alien, it's kind of like that. You know, when you meet him, like I think he was an alien in his past life, if you ask me. And maybe a lot of people on the autistic spectrum were. And that's part of the reason why they can't integrate as human as well as yeah. others. And so there's probably a lot of factors, you know, going on. And just for our listeners who might have partners who are not present, um, there is a lot of reasons why that ends up happening. And, you know, if we can approach them with compassion, I do think it makes it easier for everyone.
1: Well, yeah, because I mean, if if you don't have compassion towards the situation, then you're angry and bitter mm-hmm. and then your life just sucks because mm-hmm. it's, you know, there's a, a quote somebody said, if, if you're, holding out of anger and bitterness, it's like drinking poison, wanting the other person to die. Like you're the yeah. only suffering, right? And right. so you have a choice here. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be mad at the other person or you can move on and you figure it out, you know?
0: And from the observer's perspective, I observed you get on with it and figure it out. Like I didn't even see you wallow in bitterness at all. Like
1: I, I dealt with some emotional, I dealt, you know, I had uh, a lot of resentment towards him, mm-hmm. but I have a friend who does beta healing and I was mm. like, Help me! Like I can't be like this because I found myself being like mean and angry at him, and I didn't want to be, but I couldn't get out of it. Mm-hmm. So we did some theta work, and, and what does that involve? I am not going to be great at explaining this, but theta work—they um, work. There are many different ways that you could be feeling a way that you're feeling or ill in a way that you are. And for everybody, it's different. There's not one cause right. for everything. So with Theta work, the woman who started Theta, her name is Vienna. She was dying from many kinds of cancer and nothing was working. Green juice cleanses, chemo. I think she like tried everything and she's like, okay, well, I have to figure out how to heal myself on my own. So Love she, that. Yeah. So what she discovered, and now she's healed every disease imaginable in thousands of people. But what she discovered is the the different causes could be, it's in your DNA, whatever you're experiencing or feeling or emotions you have or the way that you're wired to react to situations um, past life stuff mm-hmm. there could be a reason why you're dealing with something because of something you experienced past life mm-hmm. um, there's three others I don't remember but they're yeah they, they work. They get to the root of the problem.
0: Uh-huh. And then they they move that root, that energetic blockage, you could say.
1: Yeah. So they, they are in your brain, essentially, and they're mm-hmm. working it out. Is it
0: like all a meditative practice? Or is it like actually they put like electrodes on your head? or like... No.
1: So you can have a consultation on the phone with somebody or okay. a healing session on the phone. So basically, they're they're rewiring your thought patterns and mm-hmm. your beliefs with your permission. Mm-hmm. You're laying there. You're not necessarily meditating. You could be. But it's but almost you're...
0: like a hypnotic, a hypnotic suggestion, kind yeah. of. thing, but they're, they're trained to do it in such a way where it really gets down to the root and releases the root.
1: Exactly. And so what they're also able to do is to muscle test you. Mm. They ask permission to essentially put themselves in your body. So if you're on a phone, phone healing session with them, they can muscle test you. Mm -hmm. They're really muscle testing themselves Mm -hmm. physically, Mm -hmm. but they're in your body. To make sure that you've gotten, because sometimes the problem could be in, in multiple different areas, the root cause. So they may have fixed it in one area, but you may still be experiencing those emotions or that pain or that physical ailment. It's really, really Amazing. fascinating. Yeah.
0: Okay. So that helped you get over any or bitterness or resentment towards Pavo right. after you guys broke up, which is about nine months to a year after the baby was born?
1: Correct. I actually um, didn't do that healing work until maybe six months after that. Okay. Yeah. It was a while.
0: And then, so, so, okay, so we're kind of alluding to the fact that, that you guys broke up, right? And yeah. so your like little family, your vision of like staying with him forever yeah. kind of got c- crushed. Right. <laughs> um, and then, so at that point, you were at a point in your life where you could really make a lot of decisions as to how you were going to proceed. Yeah. So w- how did you proceed?
1: So we were living together in Venice and I wasn't ready to be on my own. In fact, I had just started acting, which I had no plans to do. Um, I was starting to get some work, but needed to save up some money. And yeah, so we ended up living together for about six months after, after, broke up. after we broke up. But, you know, he was working like 100 hours. So we really didn't see each other much, mm-hmm. um, although the interactions we did have weren't that great. And so, yeah, so I moved out. I got my own place and Atlas basically moved in with me.
0: I remember this. You were like living in like Silver Lake or something at that point? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I remember that. Um yeah, that was right before you left LA, huh? Because you put Alice in daycare and it was like too much. You couldn't handle having him oh, daycare. Oh yeah. He long. was
1: in daycare like 50 hours a week and with sitters on the weekends sometimes. Yeah. It was about, I think six months I was living in that place before i just had enough.
0: And then you were like, I can't do this anymore. Like this life of me, like working all day and having my kid in daycare and never seeing him and not raising him myself, it got too much for you. And you like, were like, I can't do this anymore.
1: Exactly. And like, I can't do this. What is it that I really want? Mm-hmm. And what I really wanted was to spend time with Atlas. So then moving forward, how can I do this? How can I be a single working mom? And so, uh, and
0: spend time with your kid.
1: And well, that's what I meant. Like, how can I, how can I work with Atlas not being somewhere all day? Like mm-hmm. while he's with me. So, I had uh, a little bit of, of, I had a couple friends that went, did the woofing thing. So it's W-W-O-O-F. It stands for Worldwide Opportunities on Organic Farms. So there's a website you can pay a small membership fee and find organic farms all over the world that are willing to hire you and let you work 20 hours a week in exchange for all of your meals and room and board. Love it. So I'm like, okay, I can farm or garden. Atlas can be outside with me. And then, you know, I don't have to worry about uh, rent or anything like that. And, you know, I had discussed this with Atlas's father and he said, you know, because he was paying for daycare at the time since Atlas was pretty much under my care when he wasn't in daycare. Uh, and so he offered to give me the same amount of money he was paying for daycare and that covered my bills. <laughs> so I got my bills covered, meals covered, and a place to live.
0: Wow. So that's really smart. And that's a great tip for a single mom in your position. That's a great option. Op- option is the woofing program.
1: But it's not as easy. You know, Atlas was two and I was still nursing. And so four hours of work took eight hours. He's older now. I think it would be a lot better, Mm -hmm. but it was quite challenging. Mm -hmm. And that's why we only did it for six months.
0: Okay. So this is where your nomadic lifestyle began, correct? Because then you started moving from organic farm to organic farm.
1: Right. So the idea was, well, also, you know, going back to um, when I was in LA and and asking myself what I really wanted, I've only ever really wanted to travel. You know, you can ask anyone I've known for years that I've just always been trying to figure out a way to make money while traveling. That made sense for me. There's plenty of options out there, but none of them felt right. And so this was another way to-
0: Make money, be the present mom and travel.
1: Yes. So to to start, um, you know, following my passions-
0: So just a note, just, you see how she really got clear, especially in the moment when everything in her life was collapsing and everyone else would probably be like sitting there crying about like, poor me. (laughs) Um, She was sitting in the void and she was really getting into her gut about what did she want from her life? How could she make this happen? And then the universe kind of conspired with her to make it happen. Um okay, so you you you're going off onto the organic farms um
1: yeah, so we we worked on three farms in New Mexico and then one in Florida over the course of six months it w- It was intense. I think a lot of people woof for shorter amounts of time where they might be there for a week, they do it as a way to go on vacation but not have to blow a bunch of money, so they might rent a car and go exploring half the day or on the weekends you know, but often we were at a farm for a month or more. And when you're living in someone's house that you don't know prior, you know, you could have personalities that aren't totally. Um, and so, especially
0: with a little kid, you know, cause
1: yeah, we ran into some issues with um, it's very typical of toddlers to have, a, have, I don't even want to call them issues because it's normal that when there's another toddler in their house and in their space and using their toys, they kind of like, they, they're just, their behavior changes, and they become aggressive, and they hit. I mean, we've experienced we've that. experienced it with our we've with our yeah. kids, and I experienced it on a farm. And um, this child would like run after Atlas with a saw, <gasps> a dull saw that they let him play with, oh and like hit him in God. the head. You know, it got to be really That's intense. That's not
0: cool. Someone um, getting hit in the head with a saw, even it if it's dull. a dull one, is it just still not cool.
1: But it was still so. There was, um, you know, and and this his parents, this child's parents had never seen their child act like that before. And they're like, like us, you know, their approach to parenting. So they didn't really know how to handle it. But at the same time, Atlas was being attacked on a regular basis. So Mm -hmm. it, it kind of got intense for a little bit where I was like, you know, Atlas is kind of being bullied and and not much is being done about it. And they're like, you know, and, and the woman was like, well, he's not being bullied because bullied is pre thing, Like you're, is that the right word, phrase Premeditated? where meditated? It's yeah, it's been thought about. Like mm-hmm. he's intentionally doing it. And I said, But the way it's being received it is. I said, So we gotta figure something out. And it just got, it got really intense because they're having to like punish their child, which mm-hmm. wasn't something which that they were was doing the, before. Yeah. So we we ran into some things like that. And I think had we done each farm like for a little bit less time, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have ran into so many problems. So after six months I had to stop. Okay. Yeah. And then what did you do after that? So after six months, I went to visit a friend in New Hampshire who had moved from LA to New Hampshire. And while I was there, I met someone and mm-hmm. we fell in love and then got like married
0: the for briefly.
1: We got married w- way too soon. And it was so circumstantial. It's not something I would normally do, but there were a lot of factors and living in other States and he was Christian. And I w- it was just all, all lots of things that led to that decision. And I don't regret it, but yeah, we got a divorce a year later.
0: Okay. So you had another short relationship in there and, and during this whole time though, you're still traveling. Oops. You're still traveling and just posting these amazing pictures Thank of you and Atlas as you're traveling. So even in that year, you still did travel around and we did do cool stuff.
1: Yeah. We, uh, when we, when we were on the different farms, I would rent a car on the weekends and we go exploring. And so, um, we got to see, you know, all of the surrounding areas wherever we were at, which was really great.
0: Awesome. Um, okay. So what would you say, um, have been the best moments? The best moments or a moment? Like what comes to mind when I say that?
1: Just traveling or.
0: Yeah. Anything that's happened to you since you've been, let's just call, say a nomadic mom.
1: You know, I, um, I've gotten to this place where I have these, ex- like these moments of extreme gratitude mm. where I just like, Bust out into tears because nice. I'm so happy and so grateful for what I have. And honestly, and and the reason these moments are the greatest is because um I my life is not if you if I told you all the little details of my life, for most people, I think would think that my life isn't that great. On Instagram, it looks amazing because it's curated and you mm-hmm. see the best of the best and you see these magical photos. But there's a lot of shit I deal with on a regular course, basis, and I course. still am, and like all these things. And so, um, being able to get to those places of extreme gratitude when I am, don't have the picture perfect life. Mm-hmm. I don't have the life that I, I do have the life that I want and that's how I get there, but it's not, you know, it could be better. Totally. Right? And it that's be a, a lot better.
0: That's everyone's case. Even if you think you have everything, you still have a million things in your head that you still want, you know? So just to that, I mean, like what I've noticed as being your friend is that you don't wallow. You, there's no wallowing or focusing almost on like the negative, you, you know? You can't.
1: You can't, you'll be miserable because so before, maybe a couple months before I split up with Pavo, I started listening to a lot of Abraham Hicks. And nice. the law of attraction and focusing on the positive. And so what I learned is that if I focus on the negative, I am asking the universe for more negative.
0: Totally. And you know, I think a lot of people understand that, but it's very, it's rare that people can apply it as well.
1: Right. I know a lot of people that listen to a lot of Abrahamics and things like that, and they struggle to still get to that place because we are, our society is pretty much programmed to like be negative, um, focus on the things we don't want. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an interesting book called Um Oh crap. There's a man who wrote a book and when you get the book it comes with a, bl- a purple bracelet mm. and Complaint Free World. Oh. And so he challenges you to go 21 days consecutively without gossiping, saying anything negative or complaining and it Beautiful. takes the average person I think it's like several months. Um, and, and so you wear this bracelet. And so every time you catch yourself doing one of those things, you switch it from hand to hand. So you become more aware, aware of, of it. it. Mm. So what he says is that once you stop saying these things, you'll stop thinking these things. And when you start thinking positive, you start attracting. So he has all these stories in the of people that have gone through the 21 days who are having all these miraculous things happen to them because they're just being positive. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I read that a long time. So yeah, slowly over the years, I've, you know, gotten more and more into this law of attraction stuff. And it's hard when you're going through some shit. It is hard to not think about what you're going through, but the only way out of it is to not think about it. You know, that's- And to
0: focus on the little things that you're grateful for in your life. Yeah. Let that become your world. Let that become everything that you're focusing on. Yeah. Beautiful. That is, that's very good advice. Um, Well, I was going to ask you what was the hardest or most challenging thing you've experienced, but maybe in the spirit of not focusing on the negative, I should skip that question. What do you think? Does anything come to mind quickly for that, without wallowing?
1: The hardest or most challenging thing. You know, I think always the hardest and most challenging thing would be to get out of a relationship that you know you don't belong in, especially when you have ties. Like you know, leaving Atlas's father you know, we have a baby together. That was the scariest moment of my life. Like raising a child on my own or not being with the person who's a father to my child um, was the most terrifying thing I've ever had to do. And so actually, you know, I think since then there have been things that without the having had happened would be like really great challenges. But going back to that, that was like...
0: It's like if you got through that. And also like your birth was pretty challenging if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that was... So
0: it's like if you got through that...
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Those two things were really, really intense experiences for me. And so man, everything's kind of in a breeze since then, really. it's good. Just, um, all right. So
0: one more question that I know I want to know, and people might want to know if they look at your Instagram is how, when you're a single nomadic mom, how do you get pictures like that are so good of you and your son with b- both of you in them?
1: It's funny because I get asked that all the time, but, uh, I have a tripod and I have a remote or I, there's also a timer on my camera. So if, if Atlas and I are both in the photo, I'll have him stand where I want, because as soon as I hit the shutter, even though the photo might not take for 20 seconds, it focuses right away. So I'll have him stand somewhere. I hit the shutter, it focuses on him. I run over and then we take the photo together.
0: Wow. Amazing pictures. They look like paintings. They don't even look like photographs. I don't know how you manage that. Um, Okay, so um, now just to kind of overview if there's any tips or tricks for for single mamas to thoroughly thrive. And um, I know we've kind of come to two that we've already talked about. I just want to know if there's anything else that's going to come to mind for you. So the first is, is, you know, when you think your whole life, this is things we've already talked about, when you think your whole life is falling apart to uh, really, instead of wallowing in the void, to think about what do you want in your life? What is your passion? And then moving in that direction. And then the other thing you mentioned was focusing on the positive, not wallowing. And that like the law of attraction, like if you're focusing on the positive and the gratitude that you're going to attract that into your life, into your experience.
1: And, and it's funny because one and two are kind of the same. Yeah, and, they are. And now that nothing, I mentioned it. There's nothing other than that because I get messages on Instagram all the time and it's like, how do you do this? I'm a single mom or I have a family and we want to start traveling, but we don't know how to start. And the truth is, is everybody's story, everybody's current situation is so different from, from one to the next that I can't tell you how to do it for you. And and so what it comes down to is the law of attraction, focusing on the positive. And that's the only way anyone can get what they want is to focus on what they want. It doesn't matter what it is or where you are. It's how you view the situation and how you manifest. And you know what? I've been working with a manifestation coach. Mm. Tell recently. Us. And um, we've only had one session, but I have her set up for a few months. We're doing two sessions a month. But some of the testimonials I've seen, you know, we just started the work. So I'm in the beginning stages, but the testimonials I've seen from her and then another manifestation coach that's in LA, who's really great, I hear, uh, are just phenomenal. We're talking like women are, you know, wanting to meet their life partner and they do in a few weeks after having a manifestation Mm -hmm. session. So the thing is, is if if we want to... It's very easy for me to say like, you know, use the law of attraction and focus on what you do want, but we have blocks and everybody's blocks are different and sometimes you're not aware of them. So, you know, you could want something, focus on it, be positive about it, but you're not getting it. And then that's where a manifestation coach would come in. And honestly, I recommend that to anyone. Like if there's something you want, you can't figure out how to get it, help, have someone help you, you know, don't try and do it on your own. None of us are experts in in this. We're just living our lives. Right. And so why not hire someone who can come in and help you get to where you want to be? For not that much money either. I mean, if, if someone is helping you, you know, they also help women, like these women are getting raises at their jobs at, you know, $20,000 more a year, like really significant um, improvements in their life from just working through some simple blocks that they have.
0: And it's just all about kind of um, unbarricading the only the blocks in your own mind.
1: Yeah. So the only thing limiting us from doing anything that we ever want is ourselves. Totally. That's the only thing. And, and most people also don't believe that. And so that's where like the blocks are, you know, most people don't believe they can have it all and do it all and, and be this person because they don't see how, uh, especially if there aren't a lot of like, say single moms doing, you know, these things, it's hard to imagine that it's even possible.
0: Totally. And I mean, I could just imagine that even just having a professional there holding space for your dreams to come true, just saying like, I'm holding space for that. Like, I believe in you. I'm going to help you get there. I could see that being very powerful. And even for people who may not be able to afford a manifestation coach, even though you say it's not that expensive, so maybe they can, but um, just even having a friend that you can talk to about what you want to manifest in your life, keeping you focused on that and holding space for you in that way.
1: Yeah. And and that's another thing too, is, um, I would say in generally speaking, the average person is quite negative.
0: Totally. Um,
1: and so you are going to be just like everyone you surround yourself with. There's an amazing video right now that's viral on the internet with Will Smith. And he's talking about how the people around you should be the ones fanning your flame and that's it. And if they're not fanning your flame, then they need to go. Yeah. And that's the truth because a lot of us have these dreams that to most people are unrealistic. And so when you start to talk about them with your friends, they start to question them or say, well, how are you going to do that with this? And how, you? and then we start to believe those doubts mm-hmm. and then it's impossible. Mm-hmm. And so surround yourself with a positive tribe. And if that means getting rid of some friends, you know what? You got to. Totally. You know, And like
0: who you're around, it's like the mirror. It's your mirror. And it's reflecting back the energetic vibration that you're vibrating at. So exactly. if you want to vibrate at that higher, more... I don't even want to say, just the zone of manifestation, to just to have those around you that are, are believing in that and fanning your flames, as you say. I'm fanning your flames right now, girl. Oh. I know that you could do anything. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, awesome. So that's it. Yeah, so have a positive tribe around you. That's really important. Um, yeah. Any other tips or tricks that are coming to mind? Just positivity and and just thoroughly positive tribe.
1: And just going for it. So I feel like... In life, when we are heading in the right direction, that usually means there's a lot of fear and doubt, and I think that those are good things. Mm. I think that when people experience fear or doubt, that's they're like, they think they're supposed to, like, that's the wrong direction, or they need to back up, or like, that's not right, but that's when I think you're going in the right direction, and then we always find that that fear nothing is ever as bad as we thought it was when we actually go for it. And you have to go for it.
0: Okay. Well, so I mean, and you mean like when you have fear or doubt in going in the direction of your dreams, not if you're like going to step into an elevator with like a scary stranger and you're feeling fear (laughs) and doubt. Like, please don't do that.
1: No, listen to your gut then. Yeah.
0: But But you're saying like when you know you want it and the only thing standing in your way is fear or doubt.
1: Then keep going.
0: Keep going. And also working hard, you know, because another thing I've witnessed about you is you work Your butt off. You know, you really do work hard.
1: I wanna say thank you, but I also know that one of my blocks is that you have to work hard to make a lot of money and succeed. And I don't think that's true.
0: Okay, well. I, but I, I do, I think it is because the people that I've witnessed in my life who've been very successful have always worked hard.
1: And that is true. You can work hard and be successful, but I think there are ways to not work so hard. Like I'm burnt out. Yeah. Okay. You don't need to
0: burn yourself out to the point of adrenal fatigue, but you do need to activate yourself in the direction of your dreams. You, I don't, believe that you can just sit on, um, sit around and expect for it to manifest if you're not actively going right. for it. You, you definitely I mean? have
1: to be actively doing it, but life doesn't always have to be a hustle. Like no, I'm it doesn't hustling. have to be a hustle. Not yet. yeah. Okay. I'm tired of hustling. I hear the distinction. <laughs> okay. Subtle distinctions. <laughs> yeah, Subtle distinctions.
0: Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Okay. sounds good. So, um, yeah, so just remain positive, positive tribe. Um, what was that last one we just were talking about?
1: If you're scared, then if you're, you're heading scared, in the right direction.
0: Yeah, bust through those barriers. Awesome. And work hard maybe, but not too hard. <laughs> Hard-ish. Hard-ish, okay. but not in a way that's uncomfortable or unsustainable. Yeah. Like you want it to be.
1: I also think a lot of times working hard to get to a certain point where you can kind of like then sit back, mm-hmm. like building up mm-hmm. to that point. It doesn't have to be for the rest of your life. Yeah, like- hopefully not. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right, great. Well, I have a little invitation or challenge for our listeners today, which is whether you are single or a mama or not, find some time in your busy schedule to follow your passion. What is one of your heart's dreams that you thought was impossible, but now you're going to try to work towards? Think about it. And that covers it for today. We are so happy to have Corinne in the studio with us. Thank you so much. And, um, if you liked what you've heard, please share this episode and give us a five-star review on iTunes so we can grow and support more people in their self-empowerment and healing journey. Sending love to you guys today. Bye. Bye. Visit our website, themotherlovingfuture.com for more information. And please leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you like what you hear. We read every single review and comment, and we are so grateful for your support. See you next week.